This podcast is brought to you by Story King Books. Sign up now and get a free copy of my latest ebook, Launch Your Podcast Like a Pro. The link will be in the show notes. And now for today's episode. Welcome to the Story King Podcast, the show featuring inspirational conversations about the art and business of storytelling and living life. I'm your host, John Carlo, and today's guest is power speaker, best-selling author, fellow podcast host, documentarian, and serial entrepreneur, Eric Rogel. Eric Rogel has helped thousands of people and businesses all over the world to take bold action and create unbreakable mindsets and focus, build unstoppable teams, and forge unshakable leadership. He is an author and a speaker, founder of the Bold Men Brotherhood, and host of the podcast, Eric Rogel Talks with Warriors, Lovers, Kings, and Heroes. He's been featured on a variety of networks and magazines from NBC to Men's Fitness to NPR, and now he's here with us today. Here is my conversation with Eric Rogel. Eric Rogel, welcome to the Story King podcast. Hey, Giancarlo, listen, it's, it's an honor to be here, man. I'm excited. Awesome. Before I ask anything else, can you just tell me your story, a little something about who you are and what you do for those not familiar? Yeah, sure. Kind of an interesting story, and it's a common story to a lot of us. You know, right now, what I do is I work with primarily with men, mostly executive men, and it's about getting them into becoming the king and the hero of their own story, Uh, really kind of moving them along the path of their own journey into what it means to be a man, what it means to be a leader, what it means to be a father, what it means to be a success, Mm. because there's a lot of confusion uh, in so many of us around that. And my story and how it kind of relates to this is like I said, a very common one. I was raised by a single mom. The joke, Giancarlo, is that she raised me like a veal. She raised me to be very soft and tender. I couldn't get bumped or bruised. I had to sit in the corner quietly and read <laughs> or draw. And, you know, it, it, it really was one of those things where it just didn't feel natural to me as, as a boy. And I knew there was more. And so when I went to college, when I got out of college, I, I did the thing a lot of us do kind of rebelled against being under mama's control and went a little bit swung to the other side. I started doing martial arts. I started playing sports, started really getting into a lot more physical things, things that were more dangerous, adventurous, right? Because mom had raised me to be fearful, to be anxious, to be quiet. And again, didn't feel right. So kind of pushed the boundary in that. And that felt more natural to me, kind of tapping into that wild side, that beast side, Uh, In what I call in my work, because I go by the four archetypes of the warrior, the lover, the king, the hero, which we'll talk about more later, but it was more tapping into my warrior side. And it felt real natural to me as I became a young man and moved on. I seeked out a lot of mentors, strong male role model mentors, and I found a few of them. And they really helped me along in my path. Uh, There's one that I work with primarily now. He was raised the complete opposite of the way I was raised. He was raised on a cattle ranch, was a cowboy since he was eight, and then went into the Marines. So you can kind of see the opposite (laughs) sides. I was very quiet in the corner. He was very round. And we kind of met and integrated the other sides, right? He's just a brilliant, brilliant man. And 
Uh, he helped me tap into that more in the right way. And that's the key thing is, is when you can tap into that side of you in an empowering way, in an ideal way, it can be very powerful. And so that's kind of the very, very quick version of my story. And I became very passionate and very purposeful about helping others along their journey as well. And for me, it's also a way of honoring these men that came before me and helped me. It's a way for me to kind of pay it forward to them. Wow. You know, it's fascinating because I actually had a question for later on in the interview about single mothers, and I had no idea you were raised by a single mother. So I'm yeah. just going to ask the question now for single mothers out there with boys. Yeah. What would what advice can you give them? You know, if there's not like an active male role model and they're raising these sons by themselves, what yeah. would you what would you advise? Because now you're on the other side of that and you kind of <laughs> saw the lack of, yeah. of what you were missing. What, what kind of advice would you give to single mothers that are in that situation? That, that is really an excellent question. And, you know, it's I, I always say I have a very soft spot in my heart for single mothers. I talk about my mom and the way she raised me. And I say, you know, she raised me in fear. She raised me to be like a veal. You know, it's all humorous and just to kind of, you know, shock and, and get a little bit of attention. But the truth is, I really love and revere my mother. And, and I know she was doing the best that she could with the tools that she had at the time. And for her raising you know, me and my brother, I have a, a younger brother. So raising two boys primarily on her own, um, you know, parents divorced when I was 12. Mm -hmm. uh, dad was working a lot when we were younger and he, he really wasn't as involved as we got older. She really was doing the best she could. And in her mind and her heart, it was protect my boys. Don't let them get hurt. Don't let them get in trouble. You know, protect them, keep them close. And then looking at that, one of the things I tell single moms is, look, if you can find a really good male role model, bring him into your son's life. And doesn't have to be somebody you're dating. You know, in, in the case of my, uh, my mentor, Rob, his father was an attorney and knew that he wanted to raise his son stronger than that. His best friend was the local cattle rancher, a very strong, very John Wayne kind of character. Mm -hmm. And he brought Rob to him and said, make my son a man. So it could be the same thing with single moms. If there is a very strong, you know, positive male role model that you can expose your sons to, I would say do that in the absence of that, because I know that's not always the case. And, and literally, Giancarlo, when they say good men are hard to find, I know that better than anyone. I've been looking for them for years, have fortunately found a lot of them, but it is the thing I hear from women the most, not just in for relationships, but also in this kind of case. You know, Good men really are harder to find, which is why I do the work that I do. So I would say for, for women, uh, single moms, remember this quote, and it's one of my favorite quotes, and it is, you prepare the child for the road, not the road for the child. Mm. Meaning there are going to be challenges. There are going to be obstacles. There are going to be bumps and bruises and broken bones. There are going to be fights. Young boys, are, we're physical. We have a lot of energy, right? We want to wrestle and fight and climb trees and jump off of roofs and ride our bikes too fast and all these things. And it's part of us growing. And so there's a part of you as a mom, especially as a single mom, to allow that to happen to a degree. Let the boys be boys. They're going to do this. Let them burn off that energy. Run them around the house. 
I was married years ago and my wife had an identical twin sister who had a son who was the same age as her daughter. And when we met, they were both around two years old and I was there until they were about nine. And he was all boy. He was a hundred percent boy, big for his age and, and full of energy. And she used to make him sit in the corner. I would come over you know, when they would get together and he would immediately run to me, he'd try to punch me, we'd wrestle on the floor and she would be screaming, stop it, stop it, don't. Like, no, you got to let this happen. This is what burns off the energy. This is what gets him to understand how to harness and channel that beast inside him in a positive manner rather than feeling it's wrong or bad. Mm. So that would be my biggest advice. Find a great role model for him if you can get a man like that in his life outstanding sports are a great way to do that you know coaches there are so many unbelievable coaches out there in youth sports i hear stories all the time about how amazing they are and how they become father figures to young men i've interviewed professional athletes on my uh my show my podcast and they've all told me some of these coaches they had as young boys growing up in in you know with a single mother these coaches became these father figures to them and really changed and directed their lives. So that would be number one. And number two is, you know, you got to kind of, I know it's painful and it's it's hard to do sometimes, but you got to give them a little bit more rope. Let them get out there and, and, and experience some things because uh, it'll be good for them in the long run. Well, great advice. Now, let me ask you, piggybacking on that. What, sure. So why do you have such a passion to help men succeed? Is there something we're losing in modernity that you're noticing and has to be addressed or salvaged? What's driving you to do what you do there? <laughs> yeah. You know, part of it is is my own journey, knowing how I feel and, and how it was for me kind of going from one side to the other. And listen, you know, it, it's been a journey, uh, Giancarlo. It's, it's been, you know, I did swing too far to the other side there for a little while and got a little mm -hmm. out of control and had to kind of guide back and, 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 and be balanced. Part of it is I hear from so many men all the time, you know, how confused they are. They don't know how to behave. They don't know what to do, especially in the era of, you know, me too. And, you know, this kind of thing going on. And look, mm -hmm. uh, there are some bad men out there. There's no question. There's no denying. There are some men out there who do some really bad things, but there's a lot of really good men out there as well. My belief is a lot of these men that are doing these things are doing it because they don't really know or understand how to behave properly, right? How to, how to channel their own masculinity, that own part of them properly. Mm -hmm. And so that is, is one of the reasons for my mission is to do that. And listen, I speak to a lot of women. Um, I, I don't just exclusively talk to men about this. I speak to a lot of women and women are really looking for this as well for the men that are around them. They want good men who operate as kings, as I put it in, in my strategy. It's mm -hmm. coming from having the balance of that warrior side and that lover side, the, the beast and the heart, the animal, the angel, or however you want to put it, having that balance and being to operate from that. And, and it really is a powerful thing when women experience that and they typically want it more and more. And so, it's not just in relationships either. It's also in leadership and businesses when men and women can operate from that space, the people around them operate better as well. So seeing all that, experiencing it, watching the shift and the change, knowing what's going on out there now in society, all of those things kind of combine, Giancarlo, to, to make it kind of a passion for me and a mission for me to help as many men as I can kind of step up and step forward. 
So do you consider your target audience to be men of all stripes or do you speak mainly to executives in your work? Great, great question. You know, it, it turns into men of all stripes. What's really amazed me in the, in the group that I have now, uh, it's called the Bold Men Brotherhood. And it's a group we meet once a week in the evenings for an hour and a half. It's been a godsend to a lot of these men because they really haven't had a chance to actually talk openly, be vulnerable in a, in a strong way, vulnerability from strength, and have open, real, raw conversations with other men and, and form a bond with them, a brotherhood. And originally, it was executives, and I would say in their 40s and 50s. Hmm. What I have in the group is men of all races, creeds, colors, religions, ages, jobs. It's kind of become this thing where even younger men are, are coming in because they, number one, they see the value in it and they're confused themselves about what to do. And two, it's a great place for them to connect with, you know, older, more mature men who are a little further along the path. Hmm. Right. And the same goes for the older men that are in the group, you know, in their fifties and sixties. Um, I had one that was in his seventies that can connect with young men in their twenties and thirties and kind of help guide them along the path. And it opens up that communication between the generations where we can have these real and raw conversations and hear each other's stories, which is so, so important. So yeah, it's kind of opened up to, to everybody, really. So Boldman Brotherhood, is it mm. open for any man to, to join or how does that work? Yeah, yeah, it is open to any man to join. I mean, you know, it's, it's one of those things. It's kind of the, the guys that are in it tell me it's the best kept secret that's out there. Um, I don't do any advertising. It's all been word of mouth. It's all been men who know me or men who know men who are in the group. And it is open. So, um, you know, and, and the thing is, I always say it's open to good men who want to become even better men, right? It's about men who are motivated, they're driven, they're willing to own what's going on in their lives, and they're okay with that. And they just want to move forward, right? And then this isn't about, and I want to make this a thousand percent clear. And I tell this to the men who come into the thing. This is not like the He-Men Woman Haters Club. This is not getting in there going, we're going to tear down women and we're men and we're going to, yeah. no, 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 no. This is about becoming kings and heroes in our own lives and also having powerful queens by our side. Because listen, every man that I've interviewed that's been really successful has had a very powerful, very accomplished woman by his side. And we all want this. And this is really what's going to make my belief things better in our society is when men and women come together and empower each other and move each other forward, hold each other accountable, want the best for each other, want to bring out the greatness in each other. And that's one of the things we talk about in the brotherhood. So it is open to any man, but if you're coming in with this notion of I'm better than, or I'm going to tear down any group of any kind, then we, we prefer, I would prefer you not join. Actually, I'll make it stronger than that. I'm going to say we're not allowing you to join. It is for men who really want to move themselves forward, really want to make you know the world a better place and tap into their part in making that a reality. And that sounds awesome. So good men yeah. who want to become even better. Exactly. That's it. Really, that's really what it is. We're all on the path and we all just want to become better men, the best leader, the best father, the best husband, the best brother, the best son, the best man that we can be. And in doing that, it elevates everyone else. And, and it's about living your greatness, living your life to the fullest 
and demanding that of the men around you and holding each other accountable, challenging each other, challenging ourselves, moving ourselves forward. That sounds really good. Good. Well, and- we, we, you're invited, Giancarlo. How's that? I'm going to invite you to come on and join us. I'm going to check it out. Call. You know, looking at the site, one of the most <laughs> exciting things I saw, you guys go on trips. Is that right? Yeah. So I've got Bold Men Adventures and you can do that at boldmenadventures.com. And part of this too is look, you know, and I, and I know your, your podcast is mostly about story and we'll get into that in a second about how this kind of all fits. I mean, it's, you know, we're kind of getting into this part of it, but it really all fits. And, and part of our story and part of our journey is this challenge. And so many of us, and I found this for myself, especially lately, you know, with the pandemic and the lockdowns and the quarantines, we've been inside, Hmm. right? And for so many of us, there's that call to adventure, right? And that was part of, you know, uh, Joseph Campbell's hero's journey was that part of it is that call to adventure. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, it's in all of us. And part of it also is as men, particularly women have this as well, but men in particular, since we're speaking about that, we have this innate thing inside of us that we must challenge ourselves. Hmm. Men that I talk to, it's when we don't have a challenge or don't have anything we're striving towards, we start to get bored. We start to get lazy. We start to, you know, that, that, that beast inside of us starts to go to sleep. Hmm. And to me, it's, you know, what a, it's, it's the comfort zone, right? We get locked in the comfort zone. And I always say the comfort zone is where dreams and goals and passion go to die. Right. <laughs> We've got to wake that side of us back up. Right. And, and one of the ways to do that is listen, get out into nature, reconnect with nature. I'll, I tell men, do this as often as you can get. I don't care if you're at the office and you've got to go stand in the parking lot and look at a single tree. But get outside, reconnect back to nature. We're natural beings. So I put this, you know, bold men adventures together to get guys out of the house, out of the office, get them together. And, you know, we just did one to Montana. We had an amazing trip to uh, Glacier, Montana. We went to Glacier National Park. Hmm. We did some mountain biking, some hiking. We challenged ourselves on these rides and climbs. And, and then at night, we would sit around a fire and just talk like men did way back in the day. And I will tell you, the experience was, was pretty profound for all of us, myself included. One of the things I didn't really expect on these trips was how much men really wanted to sit around that fire and talk. We would talk from dinner until one, two in the morning, and then just had to call it for the evening, even though we wanted to keep going. There's that, that really that, that pull, that draw to kind of do this. And so that's why those adventures are out there. It's really been a lot of fun. Um, I've got some that are coming up soon. You know, we're going to do one to Guatemala, seven day wow. mountain trek through a cloud forest and volcanoes and all kinds of great stuff. And it's again, tapping back in, challenging yourself, pushing yourself a little bit and just really getting out of that, that dreaded comfort zone. So I'm curious, who's the oldest member? How old is the oldest member and how young is the youngest member of Boldman Brotherhood that you've seen? I don't know that I really know the answer. I would say the oldest one who's participated is Mm -hmm. uh, in his early 70s. Okay. And the youngest I've had, and 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 he hasn't come in yet, but I've had some of the men say they want their sons to come in. Their sons are like 17, 18. Okay. And will they come in? And I've got some men that are, I want to say like 22 that are in now. But yeah, I mean, look, if, if someone comes in that young in their teens, 17, 18, I would, I love having them in because look, it's about getting them really getting this guidance, this mentorship, get them to understand what it is to be part of a brotherhood, be accountable, and also look to role models 
and mentors for advice. But if they are that young, I prefer that their father be in the group or at least an older brother or older sibling, someone in the family be in the group as well. Just you know, so we know they're in there, but that's, um, that's really the, the, like I said, the spread is fantastic on this. It's very cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to look more into it myself too. I, but <laughs> it's, I, I, uh, I agree. Men need this. It's very cool. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. And like I said, you have an open invitation. So just let me know. We'd love to have you in there. And um, it's, it's a great, it's been a great experience for these guys, because like I said, it's not something that's normally done in our society where men get together and just openly tell their stories to each other. And drop the mask, drop the facade, drop the mm -hmm. bullshit, and just talk. Hey, everybody. I just wanted to take the time to let you know about my latest book. It's called Massimo's Mirror and Other Stories. It's my first collection of short stories. The book uses fantasy, science fiction, and fairy tales to create a world where a magical array of protagonists conquer their fears, battle forces of evil, and step up to meet their potential. Suitable for the secular and religious alike, these stories are full of symbolism and quirky characters, including aliens, robots, angels, demons, superheroes, gods, animals, giants, monsters, and dragons, and just the right length to hold the attention of children and adults alike. All 50 stories are crafted to entertain and make us see behind the veil of reality and perhaps teach something along the way. The ebook and paperback editions are available on Amazon. You can purchase an autographed copy on my website, storykingbooks.com. Also, if you sign up on Story King Books with your email, you'll get a free copy of my latest PDF resource, Launch Your Podcast Like a Pro. And now back to today's episode. When I was first introduced to you, and you mentioned this already, but one of the main things that fascinated me was how you employ some of Joseph Campbell's ideas into your work. Before we talk about that, I'm curious how you were even first introduced to his ideas in the first place. I'm a writer. I write fantasy. Anybody who writes fantasy is well familiar with Joseph Campbell and, and Carl Jung. He kind of borrowed from Carl right. Jung's ideas. And so Good how did idea. you get involved in, in that, those ideas? I'm glad you brought both those up, the, the Jungian psychology and Joseph Campbell. So there's a couple of ways that I got involved in, in this for me. One was, again, like you said, you're a fantasy writer. So I, I'm also a writer, but I write nonfiction. I'm a huge fan of comic books, fantasy, myths, all of it. Okay. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge nerd. I mean, that's that one side of me, right? I was raised that way. I was, you know, Eric, sit in the corner and read. So I'd read comic <laughs> books and I'd read fantasy things. And I love sci-fi movies and all that kind of, it's just been a fascination of mine that I love. I really, really, even to this day, I just enjoy that more than anything. I love all the, you know, Marvel and DC movies that have been coming out. And then also in my inner work, so my mentor, Rob James, has a, um, a, a strategy that he's put together uh, that I don't believe there's anything close to. And in that strategy, he's had an uh, archetypal tree of how we evolve in consciousness. So from you know, infant all the way through to king and then to you know, wizard, avatar, source being, whatever you want to call it. Hmm. And in doing that and working with him, I kind of looked and I went, you know, the hero's journey, I'd seen it. And again, like you said, if you're a writer, you understand the, the flow, right? And I read articles where, you know, George Lucas followed this for Star Wars and a lot right. of the comic book writers tapped into it. So I, I did some research into it. And, you know, there's 17 archetypes that go all the way through. I got really fascinated by Jungian psychology. And I look, you know, from training in archetypes with Rob. And I looked at these and I went, this is great. 
but I really want to kind of break it down. So we're trying to remember 17 different archetypes in the flow. And when you really look at it, and I was, like I said, I was in martial arts when, when I uh, went to college. I started in that and got really deep into Eastern philosophy. And they have the yin and the yang, the masculine, the feminine. Mm-hmm. And in looking at all of those, I, we kind of broke it down. I work with Rob on this too. We broke it down into four. The warrior, the lover, the king, the hero. Okay. And that's really where this went. And I said, you know, this kind of fits into tapping into each four of those four really gets you along the path of the hero's journey. And you have to tap back and forth into them. And I'll I'll give it to you here very quickly on on how it kind of works. Um, And when I do this with, with women, with mixed groups, it's king and queen. So it's warrior, lover, king and queen hero. The warrior side of us, that would be what the Eastern philosophy would say is our masculine side. So again, not male, female, not boy, girl, not man, woman, masculine. We all have this in us. Both men and women have this. And the women that I work with love this strategy because they can tap into these sides of themselves deliberately. And that's what this is about. So the warrior side of us, that's the part that gets us moving. It gets us amped up, yanged up, you know, gets us going forward. So there are, in in all of these, there are the empowering and the limiting attributes. Mm -hmm. So the empowering stuff in our warrior would be leadership, courage, boldness, being a maverick, a guardian, an explorer, an adventurer, being a maverick, uh, fearless, all of these risk-taking, all of those things that drive us forward, right? And in a fantasy writer, you have to have that in your character in order to get him to do anything. Right. 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 I mean, he has to have some of that to go into this call to adventure. Right. Usually. And if you look at the hero's journey, there's that initial reluctance. Right. I don't want to go. I don't want to do this. Why me? I'm not the guy. Mm -hmm. Then they tap into that warrior side and it drives them forward. So this does this in our lives and our businesses. It's the driving force. And you have the lover side. And sometimes I'll refer to this as the heart side. Because a lot of people, you know, they hear lover side, they think of it in a sexual term. It's not. It's just about the heart side of us. In the Eastern philosophy, you might say the feminine side. And again, as men, we have this in us as well. Tapping into that lover side, the empowering on the lover side is wisdom, creativity, passion, compassion, nurturing, abundance, flow, all of these things that make whatever it is we're doing grow, flourish, become amazing, right? We need that in our lives as well. This happens in stories and fantasy stories where the hero may find his true love. It might actually be their true love. It might be their purpose or passion in life, right? What they're, what's driving them, uh, what gets them going, what their purpose is. But we need both of those. And when you tap into your warrior and embrace your lover, and you have both of those, that's when you can and integrate both of those. That's when you can operate from king and queen. So the king and queen, if you notice in all stories, when the hero of the story actually taps into that warrior side, gets through, faces the challenges, overcomes the challenges, finds love, finds purpose, finds whatever, they return home as the king and the hero. Right. So that is the full circle of the story. So when we can deliberately step into our warrior and our lover and do it in that order, and I'll explain why in a minute, but do it from warrior and lover, become king, queen, that's when our kingdom thrives. 
Hero is when we drop doing for self and drop doing from immediate around us, and it is mm. selfless. So now we're doing deeds selflessly for those who need our expertise, knowledge, wisdom, whatever it may be. That becomes hero. And you can see how we step in and out of these. It's not linear. But we step in and out of them. We might need more warrior one point. We might need more lover at one point. We might step into hero if something's you know really necessary on the spot and we've got to go. But if we're deliberately in the mindset of operating from king or queen, we're remembering warrior, lover, integrate both of those, make sure I always have both. And that'll get us there. That kind of explain it a little bit. Yeah, yeah, no, it's fascinating. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to follow along. So basically, the the king, queen, and hero, hmm. that's followed by first warrior lover. So the warrior lover has to be in place first, and then once you're operating from king, queen, hero, you always remember that you're both warrior and lover. Something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's it. So uh, you know what? I'll tell you what. I'll give you a quick example. This always kind of gets everybody thinking of what I mean. And, Cause it's like, that's great, Eric. Okay. Warrior lover, King hero. But I, how do I use that? Right. How do mm. I use this in my own life? And, you know, I call it the software of our soul mm. because you know, Campbell's genius was in saying that every story is every story is every story ever told. They all follow this structure. And when they don't, mm. we know something's off. It's kind of wrong. Right. And, and this is what makes great stories and why the myths and legends and some of these great sci-fi stories and comic book heroes endure because they speak to us in here, right? We can, we can feel them. We can relate to them. And it is because they, they do follow this hero's journey. So when I speak with, with business people and I say, look, here's how you can do this in your life. So always remember warrior first because you can't really get anywhere unless you tap into that, right? You've got to have the, you got to break the inertia. You got to get the momentum started. You may have to tap into courage. You may have to tap into your boldness. You may have to explore and be an adventurer and kind of move forth. You may have to take initiative and decision is a huge warrior trait, warrior ideal. You may have to make a decision on where you're going to go, right? That leads. And then the lover side is, okay, great, great. Now we've got this, What's it going to look like? How do we make it flourish? How do we bring in the right people? How do we nourish and, and, and train the people that are going to work in our business and get them to flow? When you have that mindset, now you're operating from king and queen because you got to make sure you have both. So here's some really quick examples. Mm -hmm. and, and this is the one that I do. And there's three different ways to phrase the exact same directive in a business. So let's say that it's a Friday afternoon. I'm your boss, Giancarlo. And I say to you, uh, it's about a project that you've been working on. And I come to your desk and I go, hey, John Carlo, you know that project you're working on? I need that on my desk by Monday morning. Now, I understand that you're going to have to work over the weekend. I don't care. It needs to be done Monday morning. Otherwise, I have to let you go. How does that feel when I come to you and give you a direction like that? Uh, a little too aggressive and threatening. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's a little, yeah, it's too much. So when we talk about the warrior lover, we have, I told you there's an empowering and a limiting. The limiting side of the warrior is, you know, overbearing and violent and, you know, all those things that are just too much, hmm. right? The, the opposite side of it is weak and, you know, passive, those kind of things. But when that is a directive that's given purely from warrior, right? And the limiting side of warrior. And it is, it can feel uncomfortable to us because there's nothing on the other side of it. Now, second way I could do it would be this way. Could come to your desk and go, hey, Giancarlo, you know, oh, 
everyone here just talks about how much they love you. And they love everything that you do. They love the way you do your reports. I know you're already getting it. And, you know, they just, everything's just amazing. But, you know, that report you're working on now, oh, man, this just sucks. But I need that at my desk first thing Monday morning. And, and I know that means you have to work over the weekend. And, oh, that's just terrible that you're going to do that. Your whole weekend's going to be shot. We feel awful about it. But, you know, if I don't get it on my desk Monday morning, I'm going to have to let you go. How's that feel? It's a, way too passive. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of <laughs> passive aggression in that, right? right? There's a lot of, you know, for me, it feels manipulative. I call this the Lumberg effect. Have you ever seen right. the movie Office Space with that character Lumberg in it? If you haven't, go watch it because that's exactly how he operates, right? Okay. It's that. And for this, it's coming, you know, it, it feels manipulative. It feels fake and phony, like I'm blowing smoke and I'm trying to get you to do something. And then it has that little bit of like, I'm going to let you go. Right. At the end, it's like, what? That's inverse, right? That's leading with the lover side. And in this case, I exaggerate, but it's a limiting lover side, manipulative scheming, right? All of those things on the limiting side. When When you lead with that, typically what happens is People can become like their, their, their defenses can go up because it's like, whoa, maybe you're just blowing smoke. What's waiting for the other shoe to drop? Like, why are you buttering me up? What's coming? Mm-hmm. Right. They instantly get into that. And then there could also be the defense mechanism goes. I get defensive. I want to defend myself. I don't know what's mm-hmm. going on. And then I drop that you know, warrior on the other side. And then I'm going to have to let you go. So it's, it's, it's backwards. Right. This is the third way. Hey, Giancarlo, listen, um, we've made a decision that product that you're working on, project you're working on, we're going to need that first thing Monday morning. Now, understand, I know that means you're going to have to work over the weekend, but we looked at every other option to do this, and that's the only one. So look, I I know it's terrible, but this is what has to happen. Now, here's what we're going to do for you. Uh, I'm going to make sure that the entire team is available to you over the weekend. You're going to get everyone's mobile number. You'll be able to contact them. They're going to be on call for you to make sure that you have what you need. I'm going to give you my mobile number. I will make myself available to you over the weekend so that you can get this thing done. Now, understand that if it's not on my desk Monday morning, there's going to have to be some severe consequences, not only for the company, but for you. I'm not even going to go there. I have all confidence in you that you can get this thing done by Monday. We're going to do whatever we can to support you and make sure that it happens. Do you have any questions for me? How does that one feel? I'm ready to get to work right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so feel this. it was the warrior side first. Giancarlo, we've made a decision. Right. Here's what it is. No smoke, no nonsense, no direct into the decision. Warrior. I made a decision. Here's what has to happen. I explained it to you, adult to adult. This is what's going on. Then the lover side follows. We're going to support you in whatever you need. We're going to give you what you need, and we believe in you. We know you can make this happen. And then any questions, right? The support side. So it's not difficult to do, and that doesn't feel weak in any way, does it? If I came to you as a leader or you know someone who's above you and in, in rank, does that feel manipulative? Does it feel like I'm being weak or overly friendly or any of that stuff? No, not at all. No, it feels very direct. So a lot of the companies that I work with, when I show them this, and especially for a lot of the women in the companies, because you know women particularly, they, they don't want to come across as too bossy or bitchy or... You know, they don't want to come across as weak and friendly and soft right. and that kind of, this gives them a way, warrior, lover, queen, right? Mm. To structure the what they're doing. I've done this with companies, John Collin, they've told me that 
they've gone back and reworded all of their outgoing emails to clients because they could see why they weren't getting the response that they needed to get or why it could be off-putting to some people. We have a tendency to want to come from that lover side first. I'm going to butter you up and tell you how much I like you, and then I'm going to hit you with this. We don't like that. And I tell people, this happens with your kids also. This can happen in your relationships with your significant other, your partner. Just be direct. Come warrior first. With your kids, I know so many parents want to go like, Oh, Bobby, you know, mommy and daddy love you. And we think you're a great kid, but you know, you screwed up and you broke mommy's vase. And now we've got to punish you. And you're sitting right. And then the kid's like, wait, what? You know what I mean? It's, it's like, you just buttered me up and then you hit me with this. If you came to the kid and kids know this too, because again, software of our soul, this is all inherent in us. You come to them with this same story structure as the hero's journey. And you come from warrior first. Hey, Bobby, mommy and daddy have made a decision. We're going to need to ground you for the next few days. Now, doesn't mean that we don't love you. We absolutely love you. But we had an agreement. You weren't going to break stuff in the house. You did. So understand this is the consequence. So do you have any questions for it? Or, you know, that kind of thing. Mm. It's warrior lover first. It's just the way the structure works. And, you know, John, I've had clients that have argued with me when they go to fire somebody. They're like, no, I need to come from the lover side first. I need to, I need to tell them how, how valuable they're, how much I look. I go, yeah, but it's going to throw them off because they're going to be like, why are they buttering me up? What's coming? And they're going to want to defend themselves and argue with you why they shouldn't be fired. And I had a client that did this and she said, no, I, woman's worked for me for eight years, but her work is suffering and I can't work with her anymore. I can't have her in here. It's causing me problems in the business. I said, then lead with that. Hey, Mary, the reason why I'm here is I've come to a decision. I can't work with you any longer. We're going to have to let you go. And here's why. We love the work that you did for us at the beginning, but lately your work has been suffering and I just can't have it in here. So I'm happy to write you a recommendation. I'm happy to do whatever I can. We're going to make the transition as easy for you as possible. Do you have any questions for me? And she did it right. reluctantly, argued with me, but she did it. And she said it was the easiest firing I ever did. She actually <laughs> looked at me and said, you know, I agree with you. My work hasn't been that great yet. And, and I can understand why you're doing this. And I really appreciate that you'll help me find you know, or write a recommendation so I can find other work. Comes no argument at that point. So yeah, that warrior lover, king, queen structure, really not only great for stories, but really great for how we tell each other stories in our everyday lives. Does mm -hmm. it make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And to be clear, so archetypes are kind of like universal characteristics that are embedded in humanity and story and there are good characteristics we should be striving to live out. Is that kind of? Yeah, they're representations. They're ideal representations okay. of a particular thing, right? So, you know, king is an archetype. When you say that, people have a vision of what a king is, a queen is, what a hero is. And they have these characteristics, these ideals that they embody that represent this for all of us. So, yeah, you said it beautifully. And just as the uh, mythical story structure works for stories, mm -hmm. you're saying they also work for lives because we're living out stories whether we know it or not. <laughs> Every day, it's our <laughs> yeah. story. We're on that journey. And when you, know, when you look at this, and I'll, I'll you know, tell the listeners, really go back and look at your own life. And, and you can just search the hero's journey on, you know, on Google and you'll get the, 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 mm -hmm. the circular arc of the story. And you've seen it. And then you can look in your own life for like, wow, yeah, I mean, this is really where I'm at. And then you look at challenges and things that come up in your life. And instead of looking at them as bad things that have happened to you, you can look at them as 
positive things that have happened to you because they're learning opportunities, right? Obstacles are opportunities. You can look at them as, what did I learn from this? What lesson did I take? How did I get stronger from having come through that, right? You know, when I interview people on, on my podcast, it's, it's, they look at the worst thing that you would think would happen to somebody in their life. They look at it with reverence and they go, wow, that's just amazing. I, 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 that made me who I am because I became you know, stronger, more capable, more loving, more compassionate, whatever it is, the lesson that was learned from that obstacle, challenge, failure, mistake, whatever it was, has propelled them forward. That's why that part of the story and the hero's journey is the essential part. We have to go through these things, you know, and that's one of the things you asked me about single moms. That's one of those things that's so important. It's so hard for us to watch people we love go through challenges and failures and mistakes and heartache and pain and all of those things. But it really is what makes us stronger, more capable and moves us forward on our journey. So it is one of those necessary things that, that we that we go through in our life story. And what, what's so cool about it, too, when you look at Joseph Campbell's uh, The Hero's Journey, you mentioned it earlier, how they often return to the same place, but with power, with the elixir, with the treasure. So, you know, like if you look at The Hobbit, right? The Hobbit, he doesn't want to go. Again, you, you have that whole thing. He's reluctant to go. Gandalf uh, convinces him. He goes, goes on this adventure. He's fighting dragons, comes back to the same Hobbit hole that was so cozy and, and throughout the whole journey, he's always like, oh, I wish I could go back to my hobbit hole. It's so cozy back there. And, you know, I don't have to fight dragons and this and that. <laughs> but he comes back, but he's different. He's changed. And I think that's that's a real important thing to for people to think of their own life, you know, because a lot of times you are meant to be where you are, but perhaps you have to go on an adventure first and come back with power. Otherwise, you're you're stuck powerless in this place where you are. I could not agree with you more. And the word that comes up for me on that is transformation. Right. It's about the transformation. People's like, people are always like, what's the meaning of life? It's continuous transformation. Keep becoming more and bigger and better and more and bigger and better and who you become along this journey. And I think that's one of the big things all these stories are telling us. And, and, and it's interesting that you bring this up because it's just something that just popped in when you said he returns back to the hobbit hole, right? He goes back to the Shire is where he right. wants to be. The Shire. The thing is, it's they come back transformed. So, so many of us, right? How many of us move or we run away or we go to a new location because we think it's going to be different and better? And it's not, you know, wherever you go, there you are, is the old saying. Mm -hmm. And it's about you transforming. So, you can go back to the Shire. You can go back to your hobbit hole. And if you are a new and different and transformed, bigger person, then everything around you looks different and transforms. You don't have to go anywhere. It's that journey within. And that's what I believe these stories are representing to us. It is about that journey within. And I love that term that you said, software of the soul. It's like, we got to <laughs> update that software sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's, it's, it's innate in us. That story is in us. And you're right. It's updating it constantly. And it is looking at, okay, so now I got the newer version, right? Now it's John Carlo 2.0. Right. Right. Now I'm going to go for 3.0. Right. right. I just want to continually grow and, and have that. And it's interesting. So I know you said you're a fantasy writer. And one of the things that has always fascinated me, especially about comic books and in sci-fi, feel this. Usually the big bad in the story is an evil version of the hero. Mm. Right. You notice that it, there's, right. there's so many of these, like say Superman, for instance, 
you know, there's General Zod, who's really just an evil version of Superman. Right. Same powers, same planet, same everything. He's an evil version. Batman and Joker, right? It's just an evil version of who he really is. All the comic book characters have fought an evil version of themselves. Even in Star and, Wars, right? Star Wars, yeah. he has to fight the dark side of himself, you know, like Luke. And then in uh, what's the latest one with uh, oh, um, Urso. yeah, why am I blanking on it too? So Kylo with, Ren. Right, right. So they always have to constantly face their dark selves, you know. So, right. so feel that in ourselves, isn't most of our journey to go from warrior lover into our king, queen, and in our hero? Don't we find these challenges? It really is. We're just overcoming things in ourselves, weaknesses in ourselves, darkness in ourselves, uh, limits within ourselves to become bigger and better and greater. And so to me, that's what these stories are all showing us. We're just fighting ourselves and we're just right. there to get stronger. We put these obstacles in our way so that we can become stronger and better and move along our hero's journey. Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> <laughs> now you, Thank you. You're working on a book. Mm. Is that correct? What can yeah, you tell my, us about it? My, my next book is going to be out. The, the, the goal is by the end of the year. We're going to make this a Christmas gift for everybody, but it's a story and it really comes down to, you know, uh, my mentor, Rob James, and I wrote this together. So it was basically, it's kind of a, a conglomeration of our stories and it's told, it is for men. It's called Lions Raised as Lambs. Mm -hmm. So I told you my story being raised by a single mom, you know, go mm -hmm. quietly in the corner. It was, I was a lion inside, but I was being raised as a lamb to be quiet, soft. So many of us as men were raised this way. And I'm sure there are women that were raised that way as well, right? I hear this woman all the time, you know, and this is interesting now that we're talking about it. You know, women will tell me, I kind of have a similar story. You know, I want to be a great executive. I want to be a leader. I want to be an athlete. I want to be president of the United States. And I'm told, oh, you know, little girls just do this. Little girls wear the dress and just kind of go. And, and it is, they have a lion inside of them also. So it is lions raised as lambs. And we tell it, it's kind of an unusual book. We have a parable that we tell it through about an actual little lion who's raised by a lamb mother. And then through situations, his father who was killed and was the king lion was killed and his father's right hand finds this young lion cub and then takes him from the lamb mother and raises him to be a king. And it is the journey they go on together. So it's kind of like people have gone, Lion King? I'm like, yeah, it's not the Lion <laughs> King. It's more, it's more of an adult. And I want to say adult. Then everybody thinks of certain things. More right. of a grown-up version. And it's really told. It's a story of mentorship, really. And, and of this one lion who's represented by my mentor, Rob, and the lion cub who was raised by the lamb mother who was represented by me. And how that lamb cub actually learns from the older lion how to become a great warrior, a great lover, and a great king. And then he eventually returns to where his father, the pride that his father was the king of, and takes over. And it is that journey. And then in between this, we break up that story with questions and things for people that are reading it to contemplate. What did you get out of this character? Who do you see in that character? Where was this in your life? Who do you feel more of? Are you this one or this one or this one? Why does that come up for you? We really kind of explore more in depth, telling it through a story that mirrors our lives 
where are these characters in our lives? Why are they showing up in the story? What are we getting from each of these things? And we explore this all the way through. And so that that really is the next book. I'm real excited for it to come out. It's very unique, very different. And um, yeah, Lions Raised as Lambs. Yeah, that sounds awesome. And it also sounds like uh, it'll be great for like uh, a group to to study because there's going to be these questions with it and it's a metaphor. So there's like a fantasy component, but the practical application sounds like it's baked into the book. Is that about right? That's 100% right. And absolutely. And we would love for groups to do it. I'll be doing it in the Boldman Brotherhood. We'll be discussing some of the things. And we do that now. I mean, there's things that are in the book that I take the men through now before the book came out some of these explorations and looking at where we are in our lives and why. Very good. I got yeah. two questions left. You got time for two more questions? I got all the time you need, Junko. This is, I'm having a great time here. And hopefully we're delivering an incredible amount of value to people who are listening. I think that's so. Really, that's, that's the goal. So yeah, shoot. Hit me. Hit me. All right. So I'm going to ask this one first. So sort of as a capstone to this discussion. What's one last nugget of wisdom you can leave for our listeners out there who are desperate to live out better stories for themselves? Capstone uh, piece of advice. Uh, that's a great question. I love that. And here's what I would say to that. When you really look at your whole life through the lens of this is my story, this is my hero's journey. The thing that's really helped me is now I can look at challenges and you know the quote unquote bad things that happened in my life as the best parts of what's driven me forward. So that's one part of it. And the second part of it is know that you are writing your own story. This is your story and you get to decide the ending. Hmm. You get to decide how you become the hero of this story. So really get to that. I tell the, the men that I work with, write your story. What's the end of your story? Tell me what that looks like. And now we can you know, guide you on this journey to get there. And anything is possible. Nothing is impossible. So write the best, most juicy, amazing, powerful hero, ultimate hero that you become in your story. And that's what's going to get you there in real life. Awesome advice. <laughs> Last question. This is a fun yes. question. You're going to have to uh, kind of get out of your certain mode, but I think you can handle it because... Sure. Uh, You've, you've read a lot of fantasy stuff growing up, so I think you sure. can handle this question. Yeah. All right. I've been asking my guests, if you could have one superpower, <laughs> what would it be and why? Yeah. Wow. I love that. You know, it's interesting. I ask my clients, who is your superhero or favorite fantasy character? Because there's a, um, uh, a guy named Harry Palmer who is my, my mentor's mentor. And he always says, tell me who your superhero is and I will tell you who you are. Because it's very telling in who we are as right. people, who we relate to superhero-wise. So, yeah, mine has always been Batman, which is funny because he doesn't have superpowers. Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> so now I'm going to feel into superpower. You know, uh, secondary for me would really be, actually, you know what? I'm going to pick something. It just flew in. I'm going to pick this one. So Green Lantern, hmm. one of the you know like unsung heroes of the, the DC comic universe had that ring that gave him the power to create whatever he wanted and needed in his life. Mm -hmm. So I think to me, that is an amazing superpower to have the ability to create anything at will and have that manifest in reality and be able to use it for whatever you need it for. Because in all honesty, Giancarlo, I really believe that's possible anyway. 
So I would have to say Green Lantern's ring and the ability to create anything, manifest anything you, your heart desires. It's a great answer. <laughs> I love asking <laughs> this question because yeah, I, get, I, could see I literally yeah. get different answers from everybody and it's so cool. So, cause like you said, it, it does kind of reveal where the person's heart is and everything. So it's a tricky way to get into people's uh, yeah. psyche, right? <laughs> yeah. I use this in, in job interviews and I'm interviewing somebody for a job. I'll ask them rather than say, tell me a little bit about yourself. I'll say, tell me who your favorite superhero is. <laughs> They didn't, <laughs> they didn't prepare for that question. <laughs> no. And, and listen, I love when I get, and I'm sure you do, because you've been asking this question. So let's go down this, this alley for me, this rabbit hole for a second. But I get anti-heroes a lot. I will get like wow. the Jokers come up a few times, <laughs> right? The really? Joker. And I'm like, that's awesome. And, you know, it always brings back to me. And again, you know, talk about fantasy writers, George R.R. R. Martin. Mm -hmm. who wrote Song of Fire and Ice, became Game of Thrones. Yep. They asked him in an interview when Game of Thrones came out, how come you can write such incredible villains? How do you get so deep in your villains? And he said, it's very easy. The villain is simply the hero of the other side. Wow. So when somebody gives me an answer like the Joker, I'm like, all right. I'm like, or Thanos, right? From, right. Know, from Avengers Endgame. They're just characters who are firmly rooted in their belief and what they are doing is right. And they're going to do whatever they can to make that happen. So I, it's a great way to get inside. What's the most common superpower? I'm going to ask you a question now, Giancarlo. It's become my podcast. <laughs> What's the most common uh, answer to that question of, of what superheroes? Is it one that comes up more than others? I'm fascinated. There hasn't been a single repeat answer. So that's okay. what I'm so yeah, I haven't been asking it a lot. I asked it maybe seven times so far and I got seven different answers. So I'm waiting to see if that's what I'm waiting for. I'm waiting to see if giving me if I keep hearing a similar answer. But so far, I've asked it about seven times, not a single repeat yet. So I have to keep that's you posted great. on that. Yeah, I've got I love hearing that. That's great. Read minds. I've got immortality. I forgot some of the others flying. But, I would have figured flying would have been up at the top of the list. Yeah, nobody said flying yet. Nobody. Okay, good. No. Cool. It's good. We got some people feeling into some real things then. I like right. that. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. People want to follow you, listen to your podcast, book you for events, purchase your products. Where can they go about doing all of that? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so there's one overall place. It's being re redesigned right now, but you can go there now. It's ericrogel.com. So it's E-R-I-C-R-O-G-E-L-L.com. That's kind of going to become the, the clearinghouse for everything. Right now, it's just for my corporate speaking, but you can get on my list there. You can you know see where the podcast is. It's Eric Rogel Talks with Warriors, Lovers, Kings, and Heroes. It's wherever you like to consume your podcast, you'll find it there. I'm on all the platforms. Please go subscribe, listen. There's some great, great, great people on there. Great men on there telling their stories. If you want to hear some great stories, they're there. Yeah. And I'll put a link. There'll be a link on that page to Boldman Adventures and the Boldman Brotherhood. So that's the best place, ericrogel.com. The book will be on there too. But I always, always, John Call, ask people to do this. If you're feeling bold, and you're getting into your warrior and you're putting aside, you know, some fear and you want to get courage, reach out to me on LinkedIn. That's that's where I, I like to hang out. I'm always on LinkedIn. I find the people on there are more professional. They're more driven. They're more when wanting to move themselves forward. Find me on LinkedIn. I'm the only Eric Rogel on LinkedIn. Connect with me and, um, you know, tell me what's going on in your life. And uh, that's that's a great way to connect is doing that too. 
And when you do have your Lions Raises Lambs book, will it be exclusively on your site or will it also be where other books are sold like Amazon? Oh, it'll be on Amazon for okay. sure. Like we already have that plan in motion. It'll be on Amazon. There's going to be a Kickstarter campaign for it at the beginning okay. to kind of raise awareness. And I'm going to do a quick little video with Rob and we're going to talk about why we did the book and what it's all about, what you're going to get out of it, the value. And that'll be on the Kickstarter. And so I'll be announcing that probably in the next few weeks, that'll be, that'll be coming up. And then, yeah. And then the book will be available uh, everywhere after that. Awesome. Well, I'll make sure all your links are in the show notes, Eric Rogel. Thank you so much for coming on the story King podcast and sharing your story with us. Listen, Jean-Carl, like I said, it has been an honor. It was, it was fantastic. I really had a great time talking to you about everything. So that was my conversation with Eric Rogel. All of his links will be in the show notes. Don't forget to check out storykingbooks.com. Also, you can follow us on Instagram. The username is storyking.podcast. I post weekly short stories, writing tips, and quotes from famous authors. You don't want to miss that. And please click like on our Facebook page. We're at facebook.com forward slash storykingpodcast. If you'd like to be a part of what we're doing with this show, please consider becoming a patron. You could choose a monthly membership tier at www.patreon.com forward slash thestoryking. All those links I just mentioned will be in the show notes. One more thing, if you're enjoying this podcast, please do me the favor of sharing the show with your friends and on social media, subscribing to it, and leaving a positive review on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts. I would greatly appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Story King podcast, a show about the art and business of storytelling and living life. Please join us next time. Until then. Until then.